going to use this as a little illustration today. But hey, before we get started, Brittany uh, made the comment about Parents' Night Out. Who's excited about Parents' Night Out? Who, hey, raise your hand if you've taken advantage of it before. I'm going to raise both of my hand. I know there's some parents in the room. Hey, this is what Parents' Night Out is. It's an opportunity for you to drop your kids off and go spend time with your spouse. Listen, here at Multiply Church, we believe in healthy families, but we also believe in healthy marriages. And what we want to do is provide opportunities for you guys to be able to go date your spouse. Sometimes it's hard to find a I'm finding that it's harder and harder to find a babysitter, especially when you share who your babysitter is, because some of y'all out there like to steal babysitters. And I don't, appre- I don't appreciate that, but if you have one you want to share, I'll gladly share with you. But, 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 but we want to provide an opportunity for you guys to be able to go out with your spouse. So parents' night out is February the 19th. You'll get an email later today. You'll be able to sign your kiddos up for it. What do you do? You drop your kids off here at 5 o'clock, and, you did, and then you pick them up at 8. All right, so make sure you actually pick them up at 8 because we <laughs> – please, if you want more parents' night outs, please pick your kids up at 8 o'clock. We don't want to just talk about healthy families. We want to provide opportunities uh, for healthy families as well. If you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been in our generation series. Maybe you've been in and out, so I want to catch us up. We're we're on to week six in our generations series. If you've been here every week, you could probably uh, say verbatim what I'm about to say, but but let me kind of take us back to week one. In week one, we dove into Genesis chapter 12, and we talked about this. All, All of God's promises, all of God's promises are for every generation. But it takes every generation working together to receive all of God's promises. You'll remember back we used the illustration of a fire. And and what we said was anyone that's over the age of 55, you're like the coals of a fire. We need your wisdom. We need your guidance. We need your stories. We need you pouring into the generations to come so that they'll learn how to expand the kingdom of God. If you're in between the ages of 30 to 55, you're like, you're like the fuel of the fire. You're what's keeping it going. And, and if you're under the age of 30, you're like the new wood. We need your curiosity. We need your questions. We need your energy. But it takes all the generations working together to receive all the promises of God, just like it takes all the parts of a fire working together to have a robust fire. But in order for all the the generations to work together, sometimes you have to step outside of your comfort zone. And what we found in Genesis chapter 12 was was Abram was called by God to step out of his comfort zone. Remember, Abraham, or Abram at the time, was established. He was very wealthy, but, but in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 says this, The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I have for you. In other words, hey, Abram, leave your comfort zone. So in week two, Abram left his comfort zone, and we picked up in Genesis chapter 13, and you'll remember back that that Abram's herders and Lot's herders started arguing. And and when, when we're called out of our comfort zone, sometimes relationships change. Sometimes seasons change, and and Abram and Lot had to go separate directions. And and when your seasons change and your life changes, you can live one of three ways. And you can probably repeat this back to me, but but you'll either live close-handed, you'll live backhanded, or you'll live open-handed. When you live close-handed, you live a selfish life. When you live backhanded, you you live a a bitter life. But when you live open-handed, you say, you know what, God, I'm concerned with the other person and expanding the kingdom of God. Everything that you place in my life, I'm just going to steward it. 
And then in week three, we talked about God promised, but it's not what I see. Remember, sometimes we'll hear from God, but, but it's not what we see in our day-to-day life, but we recognize that Scripture tells us that God's promises are still good even after some time later. Week four, Pastor Wesley preached, and, and he spoke on stop becoming the victim and keep your eyes on the destination. Listen, stop, stop focusing on what society says and just focus on where God's called you. I think if we could live by that statement, our lives would radically change. Just focus on the destination. Focus on where God has called you. And and then week five, last week we dove into what does all the land really mean? To To take the message to the streets. To get in the trenches with one another. To truly do life together. And I teased about our family day on April the 17th. And and I I asked you, who are you bringing? Talked to a couple in the lobby this morning and and they brought their neighbors. I'm not going to point at you or call you out, but you know who who you are. But but you brought your neighbors. But I'll call the college kids out because I can. Uh, And I I challenged you guys guys last week to to bring people. Raise your hand if you were in part of that four of of last week. So raise your hand high so everybody can say one, two, three, boom, boom, boom. And then raise your hand if they brought you this week. Boom, boom, boom. They're actually doing what we preached about. Now, now here, now, now, I'm, I'm going to say this saying again. I'm going to get in your grits. All right, here's the thing. Like, I'm going to get in your grits. That's what my dad used to say. Like, we can, we can clap for them and we can be excited for them. So I want to clap for every single person in here. Don't live off of their faith. Don't, don't live off of them engaging in what we said last week. Live off of how you're doing it. Who are, who are you going to bring? Who are you going to get in the trenches with? So let me, let me read our theme verses to us. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. Scripture says this, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. That, that's what I want this church to be. I want Multiply Church to be a blessing to others. To be a blessing to the Lake Norman community and beyond. And God says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. We connected the dots to Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And now that you belong to Christ, so if you have a relationship with Jesus, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Everything that God does has perfect timing. But if I'm honest with you, I... I never understand God's timing. <laughs> That's where you shout me down because all of y'all are like, you daggum right. I don't understand it. Like, like we, we don't understand God's timing, but, but here's the challenge. When your feelings and your faith collide, will you constantly and continuously trust God's timing? See, see that's where life gets hard. That's where life gets a little sticky. God, do I really trust you? It's easy to trust you when it's good. It's easy to trust you when I can understand. It's easy to trust you when I, I can see the direction that I'm going. But as soon as things get a little rocky, will you continue to trust God? Through the good, through the bad, and through the ugly. Listen, I don't know why God has blessed me with Jenna, but he has. I don't understand God's timing. I've been blessed with a wife that loves me. I've been blessed with two beautiful girls. I don't understand God's timing, but I love it, and I'll lean into it. Through, through the good times, I can trust God. I, I, I don't understand why God has called me to be the pastor of this church, but I love it. 
It's good and perfect timing. It's easy to trust God in the good. But what about the bad? See, I I don't know why people experience loss in the timing that they do. I, I, I don't know why individuals experience miscarriages when they do. I don't understand why individuals lose spouses when they do. I don't understand why families fall apart sometimes. I don't understand when when businesses struggle. I don't understand the bad stuff, but I have to trust God. If I trust God with the good, I have to trust God with the bad. So the good, the bad, and, and the ugly. I don't, I don't understand why people are addicted to heroin and cocaine. I, I don't understand why it runs rampant in my family. I, I don't understand why, why my family members get divorce after divorce after divorce. I, I, don't, I don't understand why people commit suicide. I don't understand why athletes have season-ending injuries or, or, or career-ending injuries playing the sport that they love. It's the ugly stuff of life that we don't understand. But even when we don't understand, are we going to choose to trust God? Are you going to choose to live in God's perfect timing? For those of you who travel, man, I, I don't know if you're like me, but it can be a headache going from time zone to time zone. Like, I hate it. I hate traveling, and I hate setting meetings when I'm in different time zones. For example, did you know that half of Tennessee is weird, and they're on one time zone, and the other t- half isn't? So, so when I go to one part of Tennessee, and I set up a meeting that I'm supposed to have two days later that's in an eastern time zone, but I set the meeting, I'm really an hour behind until I drive 15 minutes down the road, then I'm in the right time zone. But, but then if I leave from Tennessee to go to the West Coast, which I did a couple months ago, and, and, and then I set a meeting while I was in San Diego that I was supposed to have the following week. Okay, so now I'm, I'm three hours behind Eastern, but if I go back to Tennessee, I'm, I'm two hours behind where I was. I hope my calendar can keep up with me. But then if I go to Arizona, they're weird and don't believe in daylight savings time, so they never change their clock. So it's, like, it, it's hard to live in different time zones. Josh, where are you? Josh, when you lived in Tennessee, did you ever, like, travel back and forth between the, t- the time zones for work? Like, every day. And, and it, g- it got kind of annoying sometimes until, until you figured out it's hard to live in different time zones. But we have to trust God's perfect timing. Okay? Pastor, where are you going? I'm, I'm going somewhere, I promise. To trust God's perfect timing. We trust that God is always on time. The problem is, everybody in this room has their own definition of on time. For example, for me, I have to be 15 minutes early somewhere to be on time. Can I get an amen? If you're not 15 minutes early, then you're late. If you're clapping for yourself, you better be early to church next week. Because some of y'all clapping and y'all were late today. You know what I'm saying? But 15 15 minutes early, I was was, uh, at Pastor Doug's house. Um, last week, we had a dinner, and a little get-together, had a dinner. Now, I thought dinner was at 6 o'clock, so I, I showed up at, at 5.40. I had to be on time. I had to be, a little, I had to be a little early. So I take my shoes off. We're sitting around the kitchen table, and I, I look over at Doug, and, and we're talking for about 5 or 10 minutes, and I kind of look at my clock, and I'm like, man, it's, it's 10 till. Nobody's here. So I said, hey, Doug, I was like, Do, are we meeting at 6 or 6.30? He goes, no, we're meeting at 6. You're on time. Everybody else is late. 
He and I are cut from the same cloth. The problem is opposites attract. And my wife can be late anywhere and feel like she's on time. Can I, can I get a, oh, I probably shouldn't. Matt's looking at me like, I'm looking at you, Matt. I, I refuse to look on the front row right now. <laughs> but she gets it from her dad. <laughs> and Tom could, listen, Tom, Tom could have been 30 minutes late anywhere and he would have felt like he was on time. Like that's just, some of you guys live that way. That gives me anxiety. Like I don't get anxiety, I don't have anxiety in life until it comes for timing things. And for those of you who are late, that gives me anxiety. Again, the problem is that the opposites attract. Now, now for some of you, on time means that you get into the service before worship stops. Now, as, as long as you're in the room before I get up here, you feel like you're on time. I go out into the lobby, some of you are like, I'm not even looking at him in the eyes right now. Like, half of y'all are doing this. But the funny thing is this, ha- this actually happened, all right? I'm not going to call the person out, but this actually happened a couple weeks ago. I was out in the lobby, and uh, this is all in good fun, so I can share this. But I was out in the lobby, and a uh, person came up to me, Pastor, man, the, the service, man, the service was so good today. I felt like it should have been a little longer, and I wanted to look at them and say, I felt like you should have been on time. <laughs> like, you... You didn't get here until I was like two points in. Like I saw him walk in the door. But it's, it's, all, it's all in good fun, but we have a different understanding of, of time. And there's God time, and then there's our time. But, but often, many, many times, our time is not God's time. So I have to ask you this question. What time is it? What time is it? Let's take a look at Genesis chapter 21 today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 21. Grab your phones, open up your Bible app. So the birth of Isaac, Genesis chapter 21, starting in verse 1. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. Check this. This happened at just the time God said it would. So so which time zone are you living in your life. I think the first time zone that we have to, to navigate around is, is OPT. Pastor, what's, what's OPT? OPT is other people's time. Uh, so, some of us live on other people's time. W- what does that practically look like in your life? You're, you're navigating your day-to-day, your, your week-to-week, and then you start looking at your neighbor, you start looking at your friends, and you're like, oh, they have a 10-month-old, and their 10-month-old is, is walking. My girl is almost 10, and she can crawl backwards right now, but she can't walk. And you start living on, on other people's time. You're like, oh, they have a three-year-old, and their three-year-old is already taking violin lessons. Mine likes to paint with her fingers. Like, you, you know, but you, li- you live on other people's time, and you look at people, and you're like, well, well they graduated college early. Why, why am I not graduating early? Or, or, or that couple's already getting married, or, or that couple's already having a kid. They just bought their dream house. Their business that they started is starting to take off, and we start living on other people's time. This can all, almost be labeled what I, what I would call Aunt Susie's time. Y'all ever read any uh, Thanksgiving clapbacks? Anybody in the room? Nobody. If you've never read Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm about to learn you something this morning, all right? So, so Thanksgiving clapbacks, these are some things that I that pulled offline. It's like when, when your aunt or your uncle or that distant relative like always has the smart remark at the family gathering, and then you want to have a smart remark back, it would sound something like this. Aunt Susie would say, why aren't you married yet? And you want to respond, Aunt Susie, why can't you stay married? Like, like you, like you want to you clap, clap back at them. 
Or, or, or something along the line, Aunt Susie would say, hey, why do you always show up without a date? Hey, Aunt Susie, why do you always show up without a job? <laughs> like you, like you want to you wanna clap back. Like you want to have a smart remark because you're living, like people want you to live on their time. I, I'm secure, that's why. It's okay, that's why. But, but we start looking at, at other people and, and man, they just bought a vacation house and, and I don't even have my dream house yet or, or they're already retiring. Why, why do they get to retire so early? Why can't I retire when I'm 32? Like, like you know, but what, what, if, what if you woke up every day and you lived off of a watch that someone else gave you, and they could adjust the time whenever they wanted to. See, see, inevitably, you would be late to meetings, right? You would be late to appointments. You would be early to appointments. You would forget to get your kids at school, or, or you would miss the test that you needed to take, or, or you would miss the game that you needed to play. Why? Because you're living on other people's times. And, and as I say that, you realize how asinine that is. That doesn't even make sense to live on other people's times. But we continually do that in our day-to-day life. We're, we're continually looking at other people and living off of their time frame. When you live off of other people's time or, or OPTs, you live a life that's constantly frustrating. You're so worried about another person's path for your life that you follow their timeline. Now, here's the problem. Other people, well-meaning people, family members, people that love you, if you follow their timeline, you have to recognize this. Their timeline always comes with an agenda. When you follow other people's timelines, it can absolutely wreck your life. Y'all remember Alice in Wonderland? Remember the white rabbit? And the, begin, the beginning of the movie, the, the white rabbit is kind of just walking through the woods. And then all of a sudden, the rabbit looks at his clock and he starts to freak out. We're late, we're late, no time to spare, no time to wait. We're late, we're late, we're late. Why? Because he was supposed to herald the Queen of Hearts entrance. He was late for living off of someone else's time. And and his life becomes frustrating and frantic. And he goes down this hole and the, the, the movie's weird after that. All right, so. But if you live according to other people's time, you'll always live frustrated. Now, now, the other time zone that we have to navigate through is empty, not mountain time, but my time, my, my time. W- what does life look like for, for me? How does Zach want it to look a- every day after school? For me, what my time looked like, my time looked like Dragon Ball Z after every single day, a- every single day after school. For, for my parents, every single week was 24 and Jack Bauer. Now, now what, what ends up, and some of y'all are like, yeah, I remember that. But, but what happened is we, we live in this culture now where you can DVR or record anything. Or, or you don't care because you have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have Disney, you have whatever else they just came out with. And when a season comes out of, an epi- or of, of a show, you get to watch them at your pace. Some of y'all are staying up way too late at night watching show after show after show. But, but you, don't, you don't worry about it. You just, you just record it or you watch it later. I overheard two guys talking a couple weeks ago, and one of them asked the other, hey, hey, is your wife coming today? And, and the gentleman's response was, no, she DVR'd the Australian Open last night, so she's at home watching it. And, and, but that's how we live, right? We, we want things on our time. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live my life the way that I want to. 
I'm going to follow the path that I want to. I'm going to go through the doors that I want to. I'm going to apply for the jobs that I want to. I'm going to take the promotion when I want to do it. And you begin to live on, on your time. But if you live according to my time, your individual time, then you live an entitled life. The problem is that when, when my time is all that you live off of, then your entire life or your entire plan gets thrown apart or, or gets thrown to the wayside when something interrupts your timeline. It's like when you're on a road trip, and, and fellas, I'll speak to your hearts and your souls in this moment. You're on the road trip, and you pull your map up, and you see the time that it tells you it's going to take for you to get to your destination, and your immediate response is, nope, I can beat that time. Like, I'm, I'm speaking intrinsically to who you are as a man right now. And, and, then, and the ladies are, <laughs> some of y'all are like, the, my wife drives everywhere. But, but it's, like, it's like, no, I, I can beat, I can beat that time, I can, I can get there faster. You know what I'm saying? I can get there faster. But then you're like, oh, I need gas. I really, I really got to use the bathroom. Or it's that longer trip, and you're like, no, I just need, I need a quick bite to eat. So you're like, you know what, Chick-fil-A is not going to let me down. I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A is fast. The problem is you get to Chick-fil-A and you realize you thought it was the, the line was wrapped around the building one time and it's really like six times and they trick you. They trick you now at Chick-fil-A. There's like a maze that you have to go through. You don't really know how long the line is. And then you're sitting in the line and you realize 30 minutes has passed and, and your time that you were supposed to beat is just getting further and further and further away. It, it interrupts you. It interrupts you. When we, when we try to live on my time, on MT, on my time, inevitably your life will spin out of control because you're always trying to push the pace. This past week, uh, we got to go celebrate with, with uh, Justin and his birthday. I think he was, what, 25 again or something like that, 25. Uh, but we got to celebrate Justin's birthday, and we went to GoPro. Anybody ever been to GoPro? Uh, some of you at the back. I, I have never been until this past week. And uh, they didn't tell me that, that, that those things spin out of control really easily. And I live my life the way that Luke Watts lives his life in the gym. The gas pedal's on the right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's all gas all the time. And, and so for me, I didn't know that when you're coming like out of the little st staging area, you have to kind of take a right to get onto the track. And so there's two guys in front of me, and I'm hammered down. I'm like, let's go. We're already racing. Like, this already started. And I'm hammered down. The problem is they kind of brake checked me a little bit because I might have bumped them a couple of times. And when they brake checked me, I slammed on the brakes. Evidently, you're not supposed to do that. I turned the wheel. Here I go spinning out. And then I see 10 people pass me, and I'm just waving. <laughs> Went from third to last, and we hadn't even started yet. But that's the way we live our life when we live on my time. We push the pace too much. We get ahead of God. Inevitably, we'll end up spinning out, and, and we watch people. Here's the problem. We watch people, and then these two time frames start competing against each other, because when I spin out, what happens is I start looking at everybody else. When, when I spin out, when I feel like I'm not where I should be because of my timeline, I start looking at other people's timeline. And they start competing against one another. So we can either live on other people's time, we can live on my time, or we can live on 
God's time. Live on God's time. Genesis chapter 21 verse 1 says this, The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would. So so when did it happen? Exactly. It happened at just the time God said it would. Y'all ever read the Bible and get confused? I'll be honest with you, I was a pastor and I was reading this, I'm confused. God, when did you ever give Abraham and Sarah a time? So I, I went back, went all the way to Genesis chapter 12, and, and I looked back through 12, and I, and I read it meticulously, and I read different versions and different translations. May, maybe I missed something, and I, and I read Genesis chapter 15. May, maybe I, I missed something, because I don't remember God giving Abraham and Sarah an actual time, but that's what he said at just the time God said he would. God, when, when did you give Abraham and Sarah a time? So I went back and I read. But scripture doesn't lie because God actually said it. Genesis chapter 2 or Genesis chapter 12 verse 2. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others and I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. We've been reading this verse for the last 5 weeks. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. God God declared it in that moment. But then I found myself in Genesis chapter 15 verse 4 a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your Heir. There, there was an exact time appointed for Abraham and Sarah, but the problem was Abraham and Sarah didn't know when the time was. And I feel like we live our life like that sometimes. We forget that God has declared it. We forget that God has appointed it. We, we forget that there's things in life that God has appointed for just the right time. I'm going to ask Troy to, to come on the stage with me. I have uh, Troy King here with, with me. Let, let's give it up for Troy as he comes on the stage. So, so let me tell you, let me tell you a, a little bit um, about, well, no, you know what, Troy, first off, tell us where you grew up. Tell us who you are, where you grew up. Well, as Pastor Zach said, my name is Troy King. Brian and Jean are my parents, so wherever they are. Not, <laughs> one is in the room, the other is... With, with the toddlers. kids, yeah. She's teaching the toddlers. Um, I literally grew up just down the road. So if you've been to one of my parents uh, ha- at their house, one of their small groups, that was the house I grew up in. So just literally right, right down, down the, the road. Sh- so where do you live now? Right now I live in Butte, Montana. Anybody know where Butte, Montana is? <laughs> There's like four of you. <laughs> I do. <laughs> there you go. So, okay, so you're, you're in Montana. You're from here. From here. In Montana. In Montana. Where are you going? We are actually getting ready to move to the other side of the world. We're moving to Romania. March 8th. We will be leaving In like a month. Like three weeks. Just under a month. Does that give anybody else like, oh God, you're going to Romania and like... But, but here, here's it. Let me pause here for just a second. Uh, when you give to kingdom builders, when you give to tithe and offering, just like Brian kind of said this morning, I want you to know that your dollars aren't just going to like random people. It's going to real people like Troy and his family who are being missionaries in, in Romania. So, so I, I, let me ask you this. Um, so Romania, you're going to Romania. How long have you been in that process of, of going to Romania? Or when did you feel called to be a missionary? Uh, for me, it started, I was about eight years old. When God called me to be a missionary, wow. yes, God speaks to kids. So if you have a kid, encourage them because God speaks to kids even to this day. 25 years later, kind of like what Abraham had, as, as he was saying, 
God spoke to Abraham and said, you were going to be a great nation. It was 25 years before Abraham saw that promise fulfilled. And it's 25 years later, I finally get to say, okay, God, your promise to me going to be a missionary is getting to be fulfilled. And so now my wife and I and our two kids, just under three years ago, we started the process of preparing everything and filling out all the paperwork and raising the support. And here we are getting ready to go out on the field in about three weeks. So Troy, let let me ask you this. What would have happened if you tried to move to Romania on, on my time, on your time, or on, on someone else's time? Chances are I probably wouldn't actually be going to Romania. Wow. Chances are it's possible I might not even be married to wow. my wife right now. Maybe somebody else. I could be some other country doing something else completely different than what I felt God had called me to do. Um, but in, until God said, okay, now's the time, now's the place, it was, okay, God, when, where, yeah. can you hurry this up just a little bit? Yeah. I've been waiting for a while now. So, so it was important for you to trust God's timing to be able to move halfway around the world. It, it absolutely was because, yeah, I mean, as you said, if I, if I hadn't done it, I probably wouldn't be standing up here talking with you guys. Yeah. So. Hey, so Ashley, can I get you to run up here too? I know you weren't p- preparing this, but I just want to pray over you guys. Uh, church family, if we could, if you feel comfortable, uh, could you just extend your hands forward and, and we're just going to pray for the King family. So Lord, right now we just pray for, for Troy and Ashley and Harper and Ezra. God, we pray for this family as they move to Romania. God, even as Brian comes now to pray over his family, we, we pray for guidance. God, we pray for, for blessing. God, we pray that doors would be open. God, we pray right now that, that the leaders that are already in the community that they're going to be living in, that they're going to kind of parachute into, that they would have favor with them. God, we pray that they would have favor with local officials, local business owners. We pray for a location for them to be able to set up ministry. God, we pray for hearts to be fertile, for hearts and minds to be open to receive the gospel message. And all God's people said, amen and amen. So can we give it up for Troy and Ashley one more time? But it's, it's important it's important to live on God's timing. Let me go through this quickly. One, when we live on God's timing, you pass covenant and generational blessing on to the next generation. Verse 3, and Abraham named their son Isaac. Th- think about what happened last week. Abram's name was changed to Abraham. And when you receive your name and your blessing, you're empowered to pass it on to another generation. But it has to be in God's timing. You have to take time to develop and discover who you are and the calling that God has on your life. Troy, you had to take time to develop and discover. It took 25 years. For me, I was called into ministry when I was 17 years old. It took 10 years for me to develop and discover who God was calling me to be. And one thing I've learned is this, you can only pass on who you are. So you have to take time to develop. You have to take time to discover. It's important. We'll all pass on things, whether it be consciously or or subconsciously. For example, I can remember some of the things that my dad has passed on to me. Dad passed away about three years ago, but there's things that I still remember. And one of the things that I can, I'll always remember is how to tie a jig onto a fishing line. Some of y'all are like, what's a jig? 
But, but I remember how he taught me, and I remember the loops, and I remember the thread, and I remember how important it was, and I just remember those. I remember my dad teaching me to drive, and I remember how he taught me to hold a steering wheel, and now I hold a steering wheel like my dad did. He, he was passing things on to me. I, I remember how he taught me to skin a deer. I, I remember how he taught me to throw a curveball. I, I remember all of those things, passing them down from generation to generation. But I also have a, a spiritual father. And Pastor Doug has taught me how to pray intently and purposefully and, and direct. Pastor Doug has taught me how to fast. He's taught me how to tithe and to give. He's passed things down, down to me. Remember, you can only pass on who you are. So how do you, how do you pass on generational blessing? This is what I know. When you pass on generational blessing, there's a freedom to be yourself. See, too many of us are trying to act like other people. There's a freedom, there's a freedom to be yourself. Genesis chapter 21, verse 5. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Abraham's buddies are planning retirement parties, and he has a gender reveal party going on. Like Abraham's buddies are buying a condo on the golf course, and he's over here buying diapers, right? You, but he was, he was free to be himself regardless of the age. He could be authentically himself. And when you're authentically yourself, there is joy, laughter, and celebration in your life. Genesis chapter 21 verse 6 says this, And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh at me. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby, yet I have been given, I have given Abraham a son in his old age? Y'all remember that Sarah laughed before. A few chapters back, Sarah laughed at God when God told her that she would have a baby. Anybody ever laughed at the wrong time? Y'all know people that laugh at the wrong time. Brittany Rochelle laughs at the wrong time. Brittany laughs when she's sad. Brittany laughs when she's upset. Brittany laughs when she's anxious. Brittany also laughs when she's happy. So if we're in a meeting and Brittany starts to laugh, I'm concerned. Because I don't know if she's mad or anxious or she's happy. But sometimes we laugh, we laugh at the wrong time. Ten years ago, if you would have asked me, if you would have asked me how or what I thought about having kids, I would have probably laughed at you. I wasn't, wasn't ready for kids. And then if you asked me, hey, Zach, do you want girls? I would have probably ran the other way laughing because I didn't want girls. But now, now that I have two beautiful girls, I told Jenna this the other day, I'll confess it before you guys. I don't want to try for a third kid because I'm concerned we'll have a boy. I don't want a boy. Like, I, I, love, I love having girls. They bring me joy. They, they bring me laughter. What if, you could, what if you could fill in this statement? Who would have thought that you would have been blank at your age? Who would have thought that you would have been blank? at You fill in your own blank. Ed, Ed who would have thought that you would have still been conducting at your age? You're a young man. Who would have thought that you would have been doing blank? Who, who would have thought that you would have been getting married at your age? Who, who would have thought that you would have been gradu graduating college at, at your age? Who would have thought that you would have had the opportunity to start over at your age? Who would have thought that you would have been a foster parent at your age? 
Who would have thought that you would have been a youth leader at your age? Again, I'm not concerned with the age. I'm not concerned how young or how old, but, but who would have thunk it? Who, who, would have, who would have thought? But we have to be careful because some of y'all have been asking this question underneath your breath and in your heart the entire time. Pastor, when's it going to happen for me? I, I've been living on God's time. When is it going to happen for me? I'm, I'm tired of feeling overlooked. I'm tired of feeling like God doesn't hear me. I'm tired of feeling like God doesn't know what's going on in my life. God, God, God when is it going to happen? And, and what happens is you start turning, you start turning the thought process, and, and you don't ask other people, and you ask God. And sometimes we just have to sit before God. If we could just imagine, it's a white clock for a reason, I guess. I don't know. But if we, if we could just imagine... God, when's it, when's it going to be my time? Because God, when I was 20, I thought I was supposed to pastor, and I had an opportunity to go be a youth pastor, but, but you told me no, so I didn't, I didn't go. So God, when's it, when's it going to be my time? God, when's it, when's it going to be my time? J just for a moment, could you close your eyes? And if there's something in your heart of hearts, if there's a season, if there's a season that you're walking through, maybe it's a, an expansion of your family, maybe it's the healing of your marriage, maybe, hey, maybe you're looking for a house right now and you, you can't find a house, uh, maybe you want to start the business, maybe you want to change careers, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. But with this many people in the room, there, there's got to be something and there's got to be people who say, God, when... When is it going to be my time? And can I respond to you as your eyes are still closed? Can I respond to you just like God responded to Abraham and to Sarah in Genesis chapter 21, verse 2, at just the time God said it would? At just the time that it was appointed for you. See, the, the original Hebrew word for time is moed. And, and moed means the appointed time, the appointed place, or the appointed meeting. Abraham didn't know exactly when, but it had already been appointed. We can go through life and we can live on other people's time. We can go through life and we can live on my time. Or we can go through life and we can live on God's appointed time. Recognizing that if we do the obvious, God will do the miraculous. Yeah. If we take it day by day, step by step, God has an appointed time for you. God has already appointed your wedding date for you. God has already appointed the promotion for you. God has already appointed the birth of your child for you. God has already appointed the adoption for you. God has already appointed the right house for you. God has already appointed your healing for you. Your job is to continue to do the obvious and let God do the miraculous. There's one more story that I want to share with you real quick. Jake, Jake Norris and I started a, a men's group. I pushed him a little bit. I told him I'd co-lead it. If he leads it, that really means he does all the work and I just show up. But we started this men's group on, on Thursday mornings because it was it was obvious. Like it was obvious that people wanted and needed community. So we said, you know what, let's, let's do it. And that, that men's group has grown and, and we've seen people. We have real conversations and that's, that's what I appreciate about it. 
It's like, hey, we're just going to be ourselves. We could be authentically ourselves, like idiots and all, and we're just going to have fun. But what I've loved is that group has kind of morphed into that and. And, and the and part is our Thursday, once a month, Thursday night, there's a group of guys that get together. We hang out by a fire. And Zach Brock has opened up his house, and, and we're going to have it again next month. And, and this is, Zach, this is all I could think about this past week. And, and I'll, I'll talk to you like there's nobody else in the room. And I'll kind of talk in code a little bit. But there was somebody at that group that, that doesn't necessarily subscribe to Jesus. And they don't, and they're kind of asking questions, and and they don't, they don't know, they don't know what they don't know, and and what I loved was in that group, they heard the gospel message. In that group, because you did the obvious, you opened up your house, Jake, because you did the obvious and, and started a group. When we do the obvious, God will do the miraculous, but we have to trust God's timing. Where where do we need to trust God's timing in our life. I mean, I was going to end this service big and we were going to hard charge and we were going to get after it, but, but I'm, I'm going to switch it up just a bit. All, all across this room, if you guys would kind of stand to your feet. Because I, I wasn't, I was going to give you the option to stand and I was going to give you the option to kind of say, you know what, I'll get in the trenches. I was going to give you the option to say, you know, I'll, I'll stop, I'll stop kind of being on the sidelines and I'll, I'll get in the game a little bit. But church, can I remind us that we don't have an option? If you follow Jesus, you don't have an option. You don't have the luxury of saying, hey, God, you go do your thing. And, and thanks for looking out for me. But, but I don't, I don't want to worry about it. We don't have the, we don't have the option. The problem is in our culture and our society, too many people think they have the option to follow Jesus and, and talk about Jesus. There's no, there's no option. If you commit to following Jesus, what, what does that really look like? At just the time, God said it would. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Hey, maybe you're, maybe you're in this room and you say, Pastor, like, I don't, I don't understand fully everything you just said. But, but I recognize that I recognize that when I try to live by my time, things fall apart. I, I recognize that when I try to live on other people's time, my life falls apart. But I've never, I've never really tried to live on God's time. I, I don't know that I've ever really trusted God's time. And if you would say right now, in this moment, you say, Zach, man, I want to I trust God's timing for my life. Would you just slip your hand up all across the room? Wow. 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 Go ahead and put those hands right back down. God, you saw the hands. Maybe you're in the room and you're saying, well, when's it going to be? When's it going to be my time? Genesis chapter 21, verse 2, at just the time God said it was, at the appointed time. Last week, two individuals accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. What if, what if this week was your moment, your opportunity, the, the time that, that God orchestrated for you to step into a relationship with Him? So I'm going to ask the question across the room. 
If you would say, Pastor, man, I don't, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I don't even know what it looks like to live on God's time. But I know it's something I need. It's something I desire. It's something I want. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand. Not to embarrass you. Not to call you forward. But to say a prayer with you. If that's you all across the room. On the count of three. Slip up your hand. Ready? One, two, three. If you say, Pastor, that's me. Wow. And if we could say this prayer collectively. Can we say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. And help me to live on your time. That I might be able to live wide awake to your love and fully alive to my purpose. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Hey, listen, if you said that prayer, can we give it up for the people that raised their hand just now? The more hands that went up. Hey, if you said that prayer for the very first time or... Or maybe it was a rededication right outside these doors to the left. We have our wide awake and fully alive area. There's people there that want to talk to you. They want to get to know you. Uh, Troy and Ashley are going out to their table uh, for Romania. Stop by, introduce yourself, pray for them, support them. Uh, we're, we're excited for all that they're going to do. The last thing is this. Don't forget about April 17th. Don't, don't let these guys outdo you. you know, don't, don't let the college kids outdo you. But until then, we'll continue to love Jesus and change the world. We'll see you guys next week.